Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another Ordinary Joe's Town Talk with Joey Chapman. We're powered by our Town Gwinnett magazine. We're broadcasting live on the End Results Radio Network inside the Perimeter Roofing Studio from the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson in beautiful downtown Stone Mountain, Georgia. Super excited to have Casey Dixon with us today. Casey's a youth minister at Mountain Park Church and the newly installed NG3 leader for Parkview Cluster. And how many years have you been youth minister at Mountain Park? Uh, just over two years now. Awesome. Awesome. And then you're just newly got the job for NG3, so yep. we're super excited yep. about that. Um, full disclosure, Casey and I go to church together, so he is he the youth minister at my church. Um, my wife and I have helped out in there some, so... Um, Casey, just give us a little background upon your life and where you're from and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, sure. Um, I'm actually from the granite capital of the world, uh, also known as Elberton, Georgia. Elberton. Uh, so a uh, little uh, small town, uh, 20 minutes from the uh, South Carolina line. If you jump on 78 and drive about two hours, you'll get there. Now, awesome. I interject one second. Um, I think you had Chan Brown on here, Joey, but he, he coached baseball there. Yes, yeah, so a funny when his story. First yep, about 2000, uh, the year 2000, I ran into Chan for the very first time. He was a coach while I was a student. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he and I, we, were, we, we graduated high school together many moons ago, hitting big birthdays this year. But uh, nonetheless, I can remember back at like, the 10-year high school reunion he goes i'm at elberton and then a few years later he he got the uh part view job yep and he had to follow in the steps of the what was buchanan yes yeah big steps to fill with Hugh buchanan and of course chan has overtaken his oh, record yeah. even it's amazing. amazing um and full disclosure ryan sowers my <laughs> Excellent host that's here today. Oh, Appreciate well, thank you. I'm like talking and sorry, <laughs> multitasking. So good to have you too, man. Absolutely. Thank you, bud. Appreciate you being here. Um, Kate, so give us um, your thoughts on youth ministry. Did you ever imagine yourself being in youth ministry? Is that what you strove to do? Uh, believe it or not, no. Uh, you know, someone always said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> uh, so uh, I actually envisioned myself in doing something similar like this. I wanted to play professionally uh, baseball and kind of move into uh, broadcasting afterwards. I've always, you know, loved that aspect of the game, listening and the you know listening to the guys and all the backstories of stuff. So Jeff Rancor is your role model. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's been about four or five years, but I had Matt Olson and Jeff Fricorner on my uh, older shows, and true story, I was texting them about 10 days of this new TV mm -hmm. show I have about would they might come on as a two-part series guest, both text separately and before the trade. So oh, I think wow. they were a little yeah. preoccupied. <laughs> I got no reply, by sure. the way. No reply. That's awesome, though. I hope they do that for you. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, just the timing and it's got to be the off season because they are got a full plate, got a full plate. But um. All right, so tell us how you got involved in the youth ministry and then we'll jump into the NG3. Okay, um, sure. As far as uh, youth ministry, um, I started playing, you know, baseball growing up and then uh, God started to change my passion a little bit uh, through middle school and high school. He actually, um, I was at a youth camp when I was 14 and uh, God called me into ministry. 
Wow. Um, so, that, you know, I've known for a long time what I wanted it to do. Um, so that was uh, quite a, almost 20 years ago, 21 years ago. So that's yeah. super deal. That's well, super. Tell, tell me real quick. Uh, we were talking before we uh, went on air about NG3, but it, growth has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids really need uh, role models. They, they need people in their life to invest. I, I, you know, I had the privilege of having some, you know, big people in my life that played a, a big role other than my parents, you know, coaches, Sunday school teachers, youth pastors, uh, people that were willing to kind of invest in the next generation. And uh, I think that really, when you think through what NG3 does, that that's in the secret sauce, that small group atmosphere that, sharing your lives with each other, safe space, um, just having an opportunity to let, you know, let that person know you care about them. Absolutely. Give it, give us a couple of mentors. You mentioned your uh, coaches and Sunday school teachers. Do you want to specifically talk about one of those? Uh, sure. Um, if he was to ever hear the podcast, uh, shout out to a, a guy named John Massara. Um, so um, I got it hooked up with a Disciple Now ministry that we traveled, and it was out of Athens, Georgia. Um, and he kind of took me on a little earlier than normal because it was really supposed to be a college uh, ministry. But um, he knew my calling, and he had seen me growing up, and we'd, we'd kind of known each other since I was 12. And at uh, 16, I started doing some D-Nows for him uh, and did that through college. Probably did about 10 a year wow. through the, the fall and the spring. Um, so, yeah, I was thankful he was willing to invest in me uh, back then. That's so cool. So I'm trying to remember, NG3, what are the – it stands for three things. I can't mm. recall. Uh, yeah, so it's next generation, uh, character, community, and change. Okay. And so let's talk a little bit about like FCA versus NG3 and this kind of thing. You know, it, the kids go to a program at FCA. Mm-hmm. NG3 is a little different. Sure. Uh, yeah. So at Parkview, um, there is a you know an FCA director as well. He's also the athletic director, uh, Nick Gass. So he's done a good job because there was kind of a brief uh, hiatus there with, on uh, having someone there. Uh, but that you know they have that big meeting in the morning before school starts and they they have camp um, through you know summer some um, but th- one of the things that they haven't really been able to kind of get off the ground uh, at Parkview is that small group type thing even though they have those um, and you know they're very unapologetic in the name you know with FCA but um, really looking forward to partnering with them is because that you know NG3 really is getting the kids into a small group and having someone there for them uh, and, and really just, you know, having that opportunity to meet consistently with them and uh, supporting them. So who was, I know I was going to ask, was it Javier Munoz that was yep. there before? Okay. Time's getting away from me. I'm just trying to remember. Sure. Yeah. Ha, you know, Javi was in that role, uh, I think for about six years yeah. and he did a good job. Really yeah, good job. He, yeah. yeah. Javi's a great guy. And I, I just kind of wanted to clear that up about FCA versus NG3, and I don't think they compete with each other. They're no, totally absolutely. two different yeah. uh, avenues, so to speak. Yeah, at Parkview, um, there's NG3, there's FCA, and another organization uh, called Young Life that are all pair church models. And yeah. uh, really um, looking forward to partnering with those together. Even in the last two weeks, been reaching out and talking to their leaders. It's interesting because Ryan and I – both being business people, um, 
you know, just mentors are such a super part of our lives, you know. And uh, as a matter of fact, Ryan's been a mentor to me, and I think I've helped him with some stuff as well. Uh, but it's hundred percent. It's, it's it's super good to have that. Um, you know, like like we're talking about, just have a mentor in your life, and um, I and, and spiritually, I think it's super important as well as you as you've just talked about. So, Absolutely. Um, we got all that cleared up. Um, talk about some specific things you experienced this year with the Parkview baseball team. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, um, so I actually got invited, uh, and this is kind of how I uh, walked into the NG3 program in general. I got invited to a huddle. Um, so now they call them core groups, I think, but it was a, a baseball-specific huddle that needed a space to meet. Um, we generally, with our core groups, ask uh, the leader to meet in their homes. That's generally the kind of goal. Um, and then you got about 10 to 15 kids per small group. Uh, but this particular leader needed a space, and we have plenty of space at Mountain Park. So that kind of worked out, and we picked a night. And um, I, can't, you know, I showed up once or twice, and then once or twice turned into two or three months on Monday. So. <laughs> Um, you know, fell in love with the kids and you know, had an opportunity to started to, um, you know, see, seeing them a little bit outside of a church. They helped us out with our fall festival, trunk or treat. Um, and then, then, you know, the invitation was there. I was like, well, I really want to be a part of these guys baseball season. You know, how do I do that? Um, and through that leader, I talked to Chan, and I was, you know, really happy about how receptive he was. I know he gets plenty of people asking, you know, sniffing around a state championship winning program, but he was he was really cool about it. And um, I stayed with him through the year with with Javi, kind of helping him. And we did uh, we did our thing with him uh, almost about once a week. We had an opportunity to do a, a huddle with the guys, even during the season, and that was awesome. Expl explain huddle sure um so the goal when we get on campus is to, is to talk to the coaches and talk to the school sponsors and administration and while we're there with that you know separation of, of church and state we want to make sure everything's on the up and up and we give character talks we talk about um you know honesty being you know being a good part of society giving back um having in integrity uh, inside the small group, once you kind of get there and you have an adult that's showing up that a person trusts, you invite them into your home and you kind of have an opportunity to go deeper. A lot of times, a lot of those uh, huddle groups and core groups, they'll, they'll uh, go through a book of the Bible, uh, maybe to take the gospel of, of John, and you've got a kid that's never been, you know, been exposed to the gospel, never you know, even read, read scripture, you know, have a first-time opportunity to do that. Or maybe they've got a background, and um, that's kind of as far as it goes. Or you'll even have a kid that is, you know, goes to church and is part of his youth group and somewhere else. But, you know, you have this range of kids with this kind of um, experience in there, and they're, you know, talking about their highs and lows of the week, and then you're really um, – sharing the gospel with them through the semester and through their sports season. And so that model is, you know, everybody gets to sign up for that. It's voluntary, uh, you know, from sport to sport. Um, but that's, you know, when I look through the program, that's what I'm excited about most is knowing there's an opportunity to, to share with the students. Absolutely. That's so cool. 
Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't make, mention Mike and Inga McCoy. They've Absolutely. just been a super part of that program. Yep. So a, a shout out to them. Um, yeah, well, we were talking um, earlier, but um, so I remember the early days of NG3 with uh, John Stinchcomb and Matt Williams and with some of those um, magazines I own, we always had, we alternated between different schools. And then over time, you know, I think Matt Williams had emailed me recently and uh, you can email Matt, um, but uh, he was replying to me actually, but it was getting, hey, what's going on with NG3 now? So it's really a timely show because I know the growth has been really uh, phenomenal, but he was mentioning even way outside Gwinnett now, all yep, over the country, absolutely. I guess. Yep. Yeah, it's been really neat. They started within Gwinnett. You know, Matt was he's a pro uh, came, it came back home, and that's what he wanted to do after his pro career. And uh, start, you know, started within a, a few schools that was just exclusively Gwinnett, and has now kind of moved into. I know they're up in at White County, Cleveland, Georgia. That's where I went to college. Um, some other places that are an extension of that, trying to get into DeKalb. And I know this fall um, they're headed to Oconee County. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I so Matt came back, and I guess that's where it started was Brookwood. I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think that's where he graduated from. Time gets away from me, but I was, uh, I've always been impressed. So when Joe was talking about this, I thought it would be a really good thing for our audience. So, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, um, specifically, like you had some kids uh, that probably hadn't had experienced much loss, and, and, you know, what do we got to the, Elite Eight or Final Four? Final Four. Final, Final, Four. Four. Yeah, Final Four this year. Yeah. And uh, just any any thoughts on that, on how the kids reacted? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, part of being the character coach for them um, and, and being there for them was, was showing up to the games. And uh, when the season started, I you know, I was with the ninth grade group for a good portion there. And then uh, they ended their season. JV did the same thing. JV won, so they won, you know there is one championship there <laughs> uh, for the team. But you know you're talking about a team that was looking for a four peat there. Um, well, I told Chan, uh, I nudged him, and I probably jinxed this. It was about a week before the final four, and I said, "Well, with the COVID year, this could actually have been five. And he's right. like. <laughs> so I, I probably should never have said that, but it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And the caring and the discipline and uh, Joey's uh, sons went through the program, but um, you just don't see this everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Their success, the program, what they teach the kids, even the life lessons that you learn while you play oh, yeah. athletics are incredible. Well, and I would say too that um, probably more importantly, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to thread that needle is so difficult, especially two or three years, four years in a row. I mean, oh it's yeah. Just, I mean, it's it's just the likelihood of every piece, and no matter how much talent you have, there's so many things that could go sideways, and and it's just been fun to watch. Absolutely. What about football now? I think you're starting to. Sure. Meet with those guys. Yep. Um, part of my role is is to uh, have two teams uh, at Parkview that I exclusively am working with, and of uh, course with our other group leaders. And so, um, I I ventured into starting working with the football team, being at uh, summer practice this this week. So that's been fun. And going back tomorrow again. And uh, Coach Godfrey is just is, is a great guy. Oh, he's, he's a great, great coach. And uh, looking forward to the to the season working with these guys too. 
That's so fantastic. And I would say overall with Parkview, we've just got some excellent coaches and yep. teachers and very fortunate to be in the school system that we're in. Yeah, Eric and Nick and Chan came on my show probably right before the pandemic. I brought – and, of course, I was, like, apologizing to other coaches. We'll get you all in at yeah. some point. But just great guys, mm-hmm. great guys. And um, Joey, I think, would agree with me. As my daughters have gotten earlier, older, they played all super travels uh, soccer. Mm-hmm. It's the life lessons you learn, and it's those good coaches – um, that teach you the time management and the fighting through conflict and everybody doesn't get a ribbon and hard work pays off, you know. And unfortunately, a lot of places in our world, we don't see that. Yeah. Uh, we see everybody wanting to be and everybody gets an A. Yeah. And it didn't work that way. Yeah. It's fantastic thoughts. And uh, let me just throw you a curveball here. What about small No pun town? intended. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry. What, sorry. What about so small audible? town? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on bad behavior. I'm sorry. What about small town versus, uh, you know, Stone Mountain, Lilburn versus Elberton? Just give give me your yeah. thoughts on the differences and sure. things that you see. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Elberton being the uh, the granite capital. That you know that is actually true. Um, yeah. You know, most of your you know granite countercops, your you know stone, your uh, tombstones and stuff do come through the ground of Elbert County. Oh my goodness! Uh, there's a couple of other places in New Jersey, and then uh, China's in on it because they're in it on everything. You know, um, but yeah, growing up in a small town, you know, had some things you like about it some things you don't you know my, my mom still lives there I got a sister that still lives there and um you know sports was a big part of the town you know f- you know the football team's good it's a different atmosphere in the fall you know we um we now have two state titles but you know Parkview knows all about state titles our uh, one and only title for a very long time was our 95 football team uh and and I remember that as a nine-year-old kid um, so, you know, growing up in a town of 10,000, I see, you know, similar things with Lilburn and Stone Mountain that uh, people kind of, you know, put down roots and stay here a while. I, I don't like that. So tell us an interesting fact about you that most people don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty boring. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll give you one as far as a family um, thing is you know people are kind of all related to weird people in your background so uh, within a lot of baptist churches you have a christmas offering every year that's named for a lady named lottie moon um, i am actually from a family standpoint on my mother's side related to lottie moon that's so cool oh very cool and then um you want to talk about your red pants that you wear Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, He's going to have to replace those with some orange ones. <laughs> right, right. I'm just um, saying. Yeah, neon that orange. Was a, that was a really hard transition for me. Uh, I'm not sure that my in my heart I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, we, they'll indoctrinate you. There's yeah. no uh, hiding from the orange. Yeah. It, once you show up to uh, the Parkview baseball practice and it's, it's blue or orange shirt day, you really don't have a choice there. So – uh, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big Georgia Bulldog fan. I'm I'm loving this past season. Between that and the Braves, I don't really know what to do with myself. 
Um, other than I know as a Georgia fan, I'm okay with if it's going to not be another 20 more years before it happens again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, in the fall and very, uh, various days of uh, Sundays after uh, a good win, you'll see me in some red pants at Mountain Park. Yeah, absolutely. Man, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> if you did it last year, just keep it up. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> you keep that up. So the other question I wanted to ask you is just, you want to give your testimony? Uh, you said you were 14. Sure. Um, yes, yeah, so I was, uh, I had the privilege of being born in, a, in a, born and raised in a Christian home. I'm, I'm very thankful for my mom for that. And even thankful for uh, the parts that my dad played up in that. The church was always important for us to be a part of. And even to the point where um, when I turned 12, we moved from my mom's, uh, well, I would think more of your, small country church to in town so we could be a part of a youth group which really played a influential factor in my own spiritual journey and my sister's so uh we we grew up i was nine years old uh, when i was at a vbs and accepted uh accepted jesus as my savior and uh baptized a year year later but a lot of kids uh, a few years went by before i really knew what that meant uh, but it, and so it was my youth pastor that was kind of explaining to me what a you know daily walk with the Lord looked like and what th what that played out in your life and uh, so that was about the time we were in youth ministry and um, in that youth group and then it was fourteen it was my first trip away from home being you know from Elberton and not going that many places uh, they took us down to Panama City Beach and. Uh, for four or five days of summer camp, and that's uh, that's where I felt the Lord's calling into that. And um, was that Laguna Beach? We actually went. I'm pretty sure it's close down there. It was uh, Lifeway Fuge Camps was doing okay. that, and that was a centrifuge camp. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I, I remember my mom telling me it was the first time I'd been away uh, from them for that long, and I just went down there and didn't call anybody, and I think I freaked them out a little bit. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, and I think one of the things that are, is so important, you know, with the, the phone that we're on, you know, 24 seven, it seems like, um, just building that spiritual aspect into your life, especially for athletes, which is I think why NG three is so important, yep. you know, uh, to well round these kids. It's, um, and you know, of course, uh, unfortunately I feel like that's on the decline and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm thankful for programs like you're doing so we can bring some of that, you know, back into our Sure. I mean, you know, as, as as much as we're online now mm -hmm. as a society, you could almost say from each other, we may be as disconnected as we've ever been. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of hard to think through, mm -hmm. but really people are alone and you know, on these phones. It's, it's kind of odd that this, it's never meant to be that way. We were uh, we were proof into print the uh, magazines last night, and there was an article I was doing the final set of eyes on, and it was talking about um, people uh, sitting together, especially teenagers or even adults, having lunch and paying more attention to their text or their phone than yep. the person across from them. Yep. And we've all seen that. And I don't think it's good. I think I've been guilty of it like the next guy. You know, Joe and I'll be doing something and something has to be addressed. But it may be the greatest gift and right. it could be the greatest curse of all sure. time. So um, it's one of those things, you know, but it's uh, great to see the youth being impacted with um you know the positive relationships wholeheartedly agree and and 
you know, just like you said, Ryan, I think it's a blessing and a curse. The technology is great. I love having the Bible app on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, so there's some good spiritual aspects that you can bring there into are. it. But uh, Well, that's what another guy, and I'm just segueing, who also, because I had to prove this till midnight last night, he had written an article, and he's been doing writing devotionals since 1998 every day. Never missed wow. once. Amazing guy. Dennis Smock. And he said he finally, instead of fighting the phone, started saying, well, you could read your devotional anywhere. He goes, what's the thing people are always going to have with them? Always. And he's like, so he started making it very mobile friendly and making sure they he said, you know, it's not my preference, but it's better than not, you know, having that daily chance. So I thought that was interesting. You know, what he was uh, fighting against, he's now saying, well, I can give people an opportunity. So it's very true. Um, it's hard to balance all this. It's a catch twenty two. It is double edged sword. Really, it really is. It really is. Well, uh, Casey, I just want to say thanks again for coming in. Yeah, I thank really you for appreciate it. Um, outstanding work you're doing. I, I think we don't emphasize that enough. Yeah. And I even said that to Chan when he was here. You know, I, I appreciate the background yeah. stuff that he does, which includes you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, just all this stuff is important to the youth coming in. And that's what I think is so many of our show hosts bring on just great people and get to share not only what they're doing, but the people they're impacting. But this just isn't covered. <laughs> it's just not covered. So it's, um, it's really a pleasure to get to hear what you guys are doing. Thank you very much. Yeah. We're, you know, looking forward to impacting the next generation. I mean, that, that's, you know, my calling from a, from a church side has always been that way. You know, a lot of people tell us we're, we're frontline workers. So, you, you know, you put us there and we're in the lives. And that's always where I've been. I, I've wanted to be a, you know, a, a positive influence on people. I've wanted to make an impact for the people that have done that for me and, uh, you know, allow them to see, you know, I guess even within, within church and religion, we complicate things. God wants a relationship with us. He desires that to be a, a daily thing like we all have friends in our lives. And that's, you know, that's what I'm about when it talks about, let's, you know, let's simplify that and let's work on that out and leave the other factors alone. I like that. One of the two specific things I wanted to mention before you get off the air is uh, we had a kid there who lost a mom during the year. I sure did, yeah. And uh, you ministered to that kid. And yeah, that was that was all you know, really awesome process because of the uh, huddle that had happened, and Inga and Mike had been, uh, you know, had had met this kid in the previous semester, like I did. Um, he he loses his mom, and that an entire baseball team is is there for him through the season. That happened a week before the JV championships happened, um, and really, I'm still ministering to him. I'm texting him through uh, the last couple of weeks, just asking him how his summers has started with with that. But you know, I can imagine, you know, or I really can't imagine not having some kind of support system. That, that looks like that because that baseball team is, is, is his family and a family extension, and they were there for him during what has to be one of the most difficult times of his life. Absolutely. No, it's, it's such important work, and that's why I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And then, and I actually think this may have been right before you came, but uh, there was a young man who lost his mom, and they didn't have a place to have the funeral, and they mm-hmm. had it at Mountain Park. And, and literally we pulled that off and, like, two hours yeah i heard about that and yeah. uh so 
And I was complimenting Chan on how he uses the special ed kids to be managers. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those kids that lost his mom. Okay. And then, and then we had the funeral there for them. It was just a real touching moment. And I thought, you know, that's what community is all about. That's why we're here. So having said all that, thanks again, man, for coming. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another Ordinary Joe's Town Talk on the End Results Radio Network inside the Perimeter Roofing Studio from Country Inn Suites by Radisson and beautiful downtown Stone Mountain.